Hi, this is Dan Colvin, and welcome to There's More. Today, we have our special guest, Paul Job, and we also have Chad Snyder, who's in the studio, and we will, we are, talking about healing, because we totally believe there's more of healing. All right, welcome to There's More, and this is Dan Colvin, and I've got Chad Snyder and uh, our good friend Paul Job with us right now, who is um, who's been teaching and uh, leading us in the ministry of healing. And uh, hi, guys. How you doing, Dan? Good. How That's are Paul. you? That's Chad. Yeah. And um, we're just going to have a little bit of discussion. I know um, Paul just did. Uh, a teaching on healing, and you do this. You've been doing this occasionally, once a month or once every other month or so. What's it looking mm-hmm. that like right now? Yeah, we're about month, once a month right now, just trying to raise up a, a healing team here at the church, yeah. and like a ministry team, so that we're diverse and have everything that we need to help people. Good. And how how is that for me? I mean, if you if others are hearing about uh, developing a healing team, have an interest in developing a healing team, how what are the steps? that someone needs to go through or go to um, to get that done? Well, if you want to like have a, a ministry team, uh, I think it's a really good idea to make sure that you're under the authority of your local church and yeah. you're under the leadership and have their approval and uh, oversight and help and just begin kind of small. Most people believe in healing. They mm-hmm. believe that God still heals today. They believe it's possible, but many people are not trained and so that's what we're beginning to offer. Good. And now what's interesting, though, um, for people who don't know, your background, mainly your ministry, was not in healing. That's right. Um, so it was, tell and, them your background. It was, yeah, it was more prophetic. Yeah. Well, I had a near-death experience in 1992 and saw the Lord, and I began to have a lot of prophetic experiences after, after that, seeing into the spirit world, gift of prophecy really took off. So I spent 20 years training people in the prophetic before about a year ago starting to train people in healing just because the lord asked me to do it mm. and so it wasn't something i'd seen people healed i'd seen occasional things take place that were encouraging in the course of prophecy and in the course of ministering to people i'd seen people healed but i had not focused on it as a particular uh ministry and i certainly had not done any equipping of others in the gift of healing so right. this is new for me but i'm really <laughs> excited about it because it's not based on my own gifting yeah. it's based upon just saying yes to jesus now did you come in with fear and trepidation as you approached this topic of of healing I <laughs> that's did. kind of like foreign for you a little i did bit. i was just actually reading a book one day last fall and uh on healing by randy clark and bill johnson yeah um and uh, I was, I felt like the Holy Spirit asked me the question, would you be willing to build a healing team at your church? Right. And before I could chicken out, I sent an email to my pastors, Dan and Sherry Colvin, <laughs> saying, I think this is what God said. All right. And uh, so that's how I got started with that. That's great. And and it's been, um, well, so well, tell me about the how the teams are forming currently. Um, are you still in the forming stages? Are they, are they, formed are they working together how do you kind of keep them fresh in their in this gift yeah we already had uh prophetic teams at the church before i came and so that was wonderful so now we've just been beginning to equip people in healing to mm-hmm. kind of supplement that to so give mm-hmm. people more understanding um 
because people come with all kinds of issues and problems on a given Sunday morning. We've operated in like words of knowledge for healing for years yeah. and years. But what do we do? How do we pray for them? What can we, how do we help people receive what God mm-hmm. has for them? All right. You uh, used um, Randy Clark's material? Yes, we've been using Randy Clark's uh, curriculum called Power to Heal, and it's got notebooks, videos that go with it, and study guide for people who want it. Yeah, and I was sitting in to today's um, teaching, which today being February 6th, um, and it was was so good. I don't remember. Honestly, I have not listened to a whole lot of Randy Clark, and you would think, you know, though he's the go-to guy. Um, and and most of the stuff I think we've listened to is probably Bill Johnson. But Randy Clark is, I mean, he's he's so well versed in what he knows and what he does. Of course, he is because he's he's been the go-to guy for for healing. I thought it was so interesting though, as he was talking about. And you can bounce this off, and and how you're addressing your teams um, in healing about feeling, and not feeling the anointing, mm-hmm. you know. And and uh, I mean, when you don't, he he used the term um, compassion. I think he said compassion burnout. Maybe it was compassion fatigue. Right. I didn't think anybody knew about that except for me. <laughs> it was like this terminology. I thought I've been saying that for years, you know, and he's. In the video, he said that 2015. So right, yeah. Randy was healed when he was 18 years old. He uh, almost died in a car accident. He was had walked away from the Lord. He had mm. been a believer when he was younger in a serious car accident, in which his best friend was killed. Mm. And so, it really, he was in the hospital. It was a real turning point in his life, and he was sovereignly healed by the Lord. Yeah, uh, it took a period of time, but he was uh, had been paralyzed and had all kinds of internal injuries. Is digestive system had shut down and the Lord began to just speak to him through the scriptures about being healed. And so he was raised up and, uh, always knew God could heal. So he has a a very long history with, uh, healing. Yeah. Yeah. And he was talking about, I mean, how, how do you process this idea of that? He was talking about in this video, um, that we were watching about, you know, a lot of times not feeling the anointing and, right. <laughs> you know, cause you're a, you're a feeler. So right. You are. I mean, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how is it different from you than maybe for him? I think there are a lot of people that operate by faith, like mm-hmm. they're different gifts. Like we're going to have uh, Joan Hunter in, in a couple of months and she ministers in what I would call authority. So when she ministers, it's not from a place of like a real strong sense of the presence of God or the anointing or feeling it. Mm-hmm. It's a tremendous amount of authority. And so there are people that can really uh, stand to minister, um, and people are different. People are wired differently. Yeah. I found that, you know, people. some people, like in the prophetic, we would always teach like people would hear from God, and hearing the, you know, voice of God, internals, or mm. have visions or pictures, or the I use the five senses to teach people about how people receive revelation, like hearing and seeing, taste, feel, touch. So different people are different. I think about... If some of the listeners know about John and Carol are not up mm-hmm. at Toronto, but John uh, has testified he's only been like sl- what's called slain in the spirit, like feeling the presence of God where he can't stand up anymore. Only two or three times in his his entire life. But wow. his wife Carol is very very sensitive to Holy Spirit, and she <laughs> often goes ballistic, has electricity and heat, and feels all kinds of things. So yeah. it's not a matter of have or have not, or it's not a matter of a. 
somebody being right or wrong or sensitive versus insensitive. I think a lot of it has to do with just how we're wired. Yeah. I had a friend who really helped me through a lot of this years ago. He said that your, your first response to the presence of God is often what your default mode would be when the presence of God comes again. So if you felt, mm. if you had tears that you might cry again, or if you felt heat, you might feel that electricity, things like that. So yeah. people are wired differently. And I think it's really important just to acknowledge the fact that God is diverse. People are very diverse and different, not to put any expectations, you know, unless you feel this or see this. And so, you know, my wife, for example, is not, she's not nearly as sensitive to the presence of God as, as I am, but it's a real gift too, because she can stand and minister mm. in a lot of authority and power where I could be incapacitated. And the other thing is really important too, to operate according to the scriptures and to according to the word of God by faith, not by feelings. So we're, we're not led by feelings. We're not yeah. led. Oh, I have to feel this in order yeah. to know God is here. Unless I feel heat, you know, it doesn't mean this is going to happen or that's going to happen. So it's really the, the principle of faith is really, really important. I think that's really interesting too. And maybe Chad, you can talk into that as well. But the, the, when it comes to feelings, it's almost like something that we, um, it's like something we have to have. It's like a prerequisite to to minister to people. It's like I'm going to minister to you until I see some feelings being portrayed, or until I have some feelings. You know, are you a feeling person? I am. I, I f- yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. I'm a feeling type person for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and one quick example: I was running a basketball night, and a kid had really hurt his ankle. And so he's in the middle of the court, everyone, there's probably 40 guys, you know, that aren't church guys yeah. um, watching. And I'm like wanting to pray for his ankle. Hmm. But I'm more concerned with the eyes watching me. You know, yeah. you, you start to go through, what is this going to look like? Is anything going to happen? So I waited for a feeling. I want that feeling to come because a lot of times when I'm under that, I don't care. I'll do anything. Right. Well, there was no feeling, but I knew there's a place that goes beyond that. That's faith, you know? And so I just, it it was just something in me out of an obedience to want to see this stuff. I remember Todd White sharing once about praying for someone in a store and the Lord said, you'll never see it if you don't step out, you know? So anyway, I I pray over over his ankle. Nothing happens, and I'm still like waiting because I'm real concerned with with the eyes are around me that are looking at me. <laughs> but I go after it again. Nothing special. Didn't say anything special. Just prayed again, and he starts to talk about how his ankle starts to feel better. His ankle's totally mm. better. And it, what's interesting is after that this feeling of anointing came on <laughs> after I stepped <laughs> out and did yeah. it. And then I wasn't afraid to do anything the whole rest right. of the night. I was bouncing around minister, just <laughs> talking to guys. I didn't care at that point. So it's, I think there's a message out there where we're so opposed to feeling right. It gets spoken about. Hmm. They're not a part of anything, right? That's not true either. Yeah. They go hand in hand, but again, we can't wait for the feeling. Right, you know, and I out. thought that's what was so encouraging about the the Randy Clark's video and teaching was people waiting for a feeling that right. doesn't always come. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, so, is this something to pass on to the to ministry teams? I mean, re- really, whether it's prophetic, 
or whether it's um, you know healing or anything else for that matter. We wait for the feeling to come. I I am not as much of a feeling person, and uh, and so but the expectation to have that feeling show up before I minister, you know, especially when you're in compassion burnout, you ain't feeling nothing, right? You know, so how do you mm. <laughs> how do you work your team that way? <laughs> if it comes, hallelujah. If yeah. not, we operate by faith, just like Chad said. You know, yeah. the interesting thing is years ago I would experience what I perceived to be the compassion of the Lord, like mm-hmm. the love of God, and like people would come for prayer, and I would feel what I perceived to be what Jesus felt for them. I would just weep and cry, mm-hmm. and uh, it was really good for me because it was humiliating. Yeah. I couldn't just stand there and, you know, in a kind of automated voice just declare something or have this great man of faith declaring things I would feel. And it was, it was really humiliating for me in a really, really good way. But I noticed that it it really helped people receive too, because they perceived that I was experiencing the love of God for them. Mm. So whether or not they were healed, they were experiencing the love of God, which is extremely important that people come away feeling loved, whether or not they're healed. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. What what are your experiences when it comes to, uh, uh, and I'm when I say experiences as far as your testimony, like give me some some solid testimony. Just Chad, I know you've got several. You just gave one, um, but uh, I've seen you go in restaurants. You know, walk up to people and yeah. and just pray for them. And you know, you see them uh, limping or you see them with a cast on. I know we've gone right. to a restaurant. I've seen you do that. Yeah. It, um. Yeah, and I have questions running through my head, too. I think that's what, you know, the constant. I remember, you know, I I always, if I spend a day and I'm praying over, you know, wheelchairs and not seeing people get up and I'm seeing just the interaction, though, a lot of times, I think people can have such hard things in life Mm. on an emotional level um, that just showing them compassion that you care all of a sudden they're like, you know what? I don't have to hold to that pain in my knee anymore because I believe someone finally loved me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so anyway, if I have a day where I'm out, I always come home. I get in in, in my journal with the Lord, and I just start to ask Him, um, "Is there something that that nev- there's never a disappointing condemnation thing? But is there something different? What what can you teach me through this right mm-hmm. now?" And one of the things he showed me just in the last year or so, there's no manual. Emmanuel's the manual. Like that little <laughs> phrase hit. Chat. I got to remember that one. <laughs> and, and yeah. And so I know I didn't come up with it. I'll just lay in there. I'm like, that's a little jingle that sounds great. So Emmanuel's the manual. So, um, you know, in the, those days where it's, it's like we can learn. So you're teaching, mm-hmm. you know, a healing class randy clark has these videos yet there's really no manual for it but there are lessons and principles that we've learned so how's that dynamic work when you're actually teaching uh you know this i don't even the school you're teaching a school on healing when there's really no like okay i i think god in the past decade has really Mm. awakened a lot of the bride to want the more of God right to to go past this you know what 
every now and then when God's in a good mood, he might want to heal somebody. <laughs> They're like, no, I want to partner with the heart of God to see people healed. And so they want a manual. They want to know what steps. So right. you're teaching a, something that doesn't have a, a manual. How does that? It's a tough question, yeah, but I trust you. I trust you. <laughs> I trust you to, you know, with that Release question. Your because wisdom. It, I think a lot of people, they struggle. That's why I go to the Lord with my journal. I mm. want to know steps. I want to know, you just tell me what to do on the tablets, and I'll go do it. Right. And the Lord's like, just come up higher, and well, you'll learn. So how do you? That's a good question. Yeah. It's really good. You know, I think it's in First John. It says that the anointing teaches you all things and is true and is not a lie, so we live mm. in him. So it's like I learned years ago in equipping people in prophecy, the best thing to do was to do a biblical teaching, give some examples, pull people up to prophesy, and then pull people into the environment or into the atmosphere or into that anointing that's created. It's where real learning takes place. Mm -hmm. So you'll, you'll see me do that. I will create an environment. I'll pull somebody in. Like today I pulled up a friend, Brandon. He just came back from a conference. He's uh, like a healing evangelist kind of person. And so I got him moving and it can, other people can kind of draft just like a NASCAR or if you're on a bicycle or something like that, somebody's really moving forward. You can get right behind them and kind of draft on their grace, their anointing. It's kind of like that Jesus did that with his disciples. You know, he, he was with him for a period of time that come, come with me, come follow me. I'll make you become fishers of men. And he went out to preach the kingdom. And so there were healings, there were deliverances that took place. And then the day came where he commissioned them. He sent them out under his authority and his anointing, his empowerment. Go heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. And it worked. I mean, it worked and worked and worked and worked. They only had one problem. They came back, oh, this kid, we couldn't get him delivered. And so they had to work through that where it didn't work. But the fact that it did work, he was creating that environment. And that's the responsibility of fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4, all the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. So I was under prophets. I saw them equip. I learned how to equip. I watched them do it. And so those principles are absolutely true in how we train people for ministry. And I want to, that's so good. I want to go back to when they met the boy and they prayed deliverance, nothing happens. Um, I want to touch on that really quick because what they did not do in that moment, this kind of goes to what I was talking about with the journal. He's such a good father. You know, when the enemy's lying to you and accusing you about failure, this failure, that you go to the father and he is so good. And so what the apostles did not do was go and create a theology based on that mm. quote unquote failure that says, you know, God just wanted He's not wanting to heal the boy. He wants right. to teach him something through this. You know, right. they went to Jesus and said, basically, what do we need to do so that doesn't happen again? I want to have a God encounter that's big enough for any encounter that I get to. And I think that's so important that they did that where they went to him and they just said, why couldn't we? Right. And he was able to pour into them on another level and show them because we saw the will of God was for the boy to be healed because when Jesus showed up, he was healed. Right. You know? Yeah. And that was like, that's the passage in which Jesus said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Right. So right. There was something that the disciples didn't have in their bag. They they didn't have it in their grace or whatever, however you want to call it. It was not operative. So when Jesus showed up, it took place. Exactly. The will of God was perfectly executed. Yes. And so, you know, 
I love that what you said like we're not creating a theology that it's not God's will so uh, so many people have done a great job to teach and I really believe that nobody if you Jesus is perfect theology Jesus is, is the example right. don't see anybody in the New Testament that came to him and he turned him away he never said this is a that God's using this to teach you something you need to learn something you need to go through this so that's the standard and so Bill Johnson does a fantastic job of teaching us that if you want to look for the will of God regarding healing look at the life and the ministry of Jesus yeah it's perfect yeah perfect and they were able to get that uh, you said not in their bag because they went to him he was able to i think teach them on that higher level to where you know that unbelief was taken care of you know through more prayer and fasting and through coming to me even more i'm going to share one more quick example that might help some people because it certainly helped me when i went through it but one of the big names, you know, we're all about big names and who we can watch on YouTube and yeah. everything like that. But Todd White is obviously a, a name that we see in the spotlight of this thing. And I remember going into a Starbucks once a couple of years ago and um, the, the girl there working, she just wanted to talk to me about her life. And she was in college and she had hard stuff going on. And the whole time she's talking. I'm thinking, I'm not listening to a word that she's saying because I'm thinking, oh, I got to fix her. I can't wait. I got to pray mm. over her. I'm really going to blitz her. I just can't wait. I'm not hearing a word she's saying. <laughs> I don't know the details of anything because, well, it gets to the point where she's kind of done. I get no chance to pray over her or anything. And I walk out with my head down. I'm hearing the accuser and everything like that. Well, I know at this point, that's not the Father. He doesn't sound that way. So I reset my gaze to him, and I say, man, I didn't even get to pray for it. This is what he told me. This might sound surprising. He said, I didn't even want you to pray for her. (laughs) And so I shook my head, literally, physically shook my head like, that's not, that can't be God. (laughs) So I shook off, and I said, okay, and I asked him the question again. He He said it again. I didn't want you to pray for her. And this is what came out of my mouth to the Lord. Well, Todd White would have prayed over her. (laughs) And so he said, you're right. Todd White probably would have prayed for her, but I don't want you to do what Todd White, try to do what Todd White does. I want you to know me like Todd White knows me. So I think in healing and in all this stuff, it's honoring getting underneath people, even, you know, I see you, man. I want to get underneath what you're doing, but not compare myself in a way that I'm trying to do what you're doing. But I say, look at what Paul operates in. I want to know you, Father, like Paul knows you. Let people you see that might be walking in a level draw you to know the Father more. That's where the manual is, so to say. Right. Yep. Jesus is... Um who we're supposed to imitate, you know. He didn't call us to um, imitate somebody else's ministry, you know, ultimately. Um, but when it comes to uh, what we can learn from each other, yeah, we can absorb those things. But uh, we're not called to be like Todd White or, you know, I heard somebody say that yeah, I didn't call you to be like David Wilkerson. Um, years ago I heard somebody say that and – uh and it's true. It, re- it releases us to be into the calling and do the calling that he has um, 
mandated for us and not the imitation of somebody else. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. Well, good. Thank you, Paul, for being here. I had a great time. Yeah, thank you, Chad. And Chad will be back um, with others as well. And uh, we'll talk about more topics on There's More. I hope this was helpful for you, and uh, we will talk to you again.